Manchester is blue, and the world's best number nines both score hat-tricks. Evening, Tate. Good evening, Jack. You alright? Yes, how are you? Yeah, very well. Lovely weekend. Yep, good. Good as always. Lovely weekend. Both our sides won. Yeah, so. three points each. Yeah, quite a, a happy bunker today. Yeah, three points each. Payday as well. So, <laughs> well, payday last week, just so I've been, been broke all week. So, no, all round a, a lovely weekend. Shame about the, the clocks going back and mm. it is pitch black yeah, outside it's the so bunker. It's so dark. It's so dark right now. But, um, no, apart from that, a lovely weekend. And like you said, we both got three points, and my teaser is a little bit about that, of course. We couldn't go a podcast without, without mentioning the main man. But Eddie Nketiah scored the 374th Premier League hat-trick on Saturday versus Sheffield United. But who scored the first? Yep. Good question. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> we'll come back to that. So the outline of the show today will be... Talking about Manchester United, Manchester City game, a bit on the game, our thoughts on that and thoughts of where both clubs are heading, directions and players and, and all sorts. Then turning the table on its head and talking relegation zone. So we might touch a bit on the West Ham Everton game, the Bournemouth Burnley, but mainly about the teams right now in the bottom six, seven, Who who's now it's 10 games in, who's looking likely to be in a relegation dogfight. Mm-hmm. It's a dogfight out there. <laughs> Um, relegation dogfight down there so um, yeah and then we'll end on the usual team of the week and all that other good stuff <coughs> but let's start Sunday Super Sunday randomly on a 3 3.30 yeah. 3.30 I didn't like that yeah we talked about it but yeah the clocks went back but you can still have it in normal time so apparently it was to do with the Manchester Police right because they've been having other stuff on during that week and then the Derby day, they didn't want it at 4.30 because an hour less of beer drinking was going to make all the difference. Yeah, it was a bit odd. <clears throat> but that was why. But as you all know, Manchester City cruised past United with really embarrassing ease, to be honest, mm. um, to yeah, emphasise the, the gulf between the two sides and two clubs as they stand. I don't think many people really gave United a chance pre-game. No, uh, what was it last year? Six three, wasn't it last year? But at, at that, that was that. No, that was that. Um, oh, was it? Yeah. They beat them, didn't they? With that awful yeah, yeah, uh, uh, offside yeah. goal. But that's what people were saying because they were saying, "Oh, United do all right recently against City, all the rest of it." But yeah, we'd, it started off. It was a, it was fairly even, and United were sort of defending and trying to counter. They, it was not working, but they were. It was a much closer game, and then the second half began. It was just a yeah, like you said, it got embarrassing, really, didn't it? Yes, like you just touched on, they started off quite well. They ran hard, gave them, matched them for energy here and there. They didn't <coughs> really create many chances. I think Rash had a, a couple of glimpses on the left-hand side, but they could have done better. But Tomley had that half chance where maybe he could have yeah, flicked through um, yeah. Hoyland. Hmm. But it looked hard work. And obviously, get Manchester City are an yeah. extremely, extremely good team. Like, yeah. They're not going to be easy to play against, so... But you could sense that City was slowly growing into the game. They're putting some passes together. Mm. Interestingly, in the two lineups, you just on paper you see Maguire and Evans, uh, Dallow, yeah. Lindelof. You could tell straight away from the two lineups. It was just like basically what we we're in store for. United side: mm. Maguire, Evans, Lindelof, left back. The midfield three is a disgrace. Whether what if it's a four, whatever they're trying to do is a disgrace. I said it weeks ago, um, but I, yeah, stand by it there. 
their midfield is is a huge, huge part of their issue and problems. And yeah, City just strong as ever, wouldn't they? And mm. Again, Bernardo Silva playing in different positions and yeah, just yeah, they're a brilliant side. They are a brilliant team. I think Pep picked all these. It's gonna might sound silly, but he's like his footballers he's in terms. Of, he's yeah. like um, he's ball ball holders. Mm. Like you had Grealish there, mm. Foden, Bernardo Silva, Alvarez. That's in behind Haaland. They're all yeah. going to keep the ball, ping it around, move Man United around, dictate the play, yeah. and just toy with them basically. Instead yeah. of playing players like Doku or yeah. who were just like direct wingers that they played more possession way, and that's how they. Just that that's how the game ended in the yeah, last second just, half. Is and like I said, the first half United were were better than the second half, but yeah, City still dominated the ball and and just yeah. Then they realised second half how much how easier it was and mm. yeah, it just made them look silly really. But the game all changed on the twenty fourth minute around that mark, where City had a free kick, um, floated into the box. Rodri pulled down by Hoyland, mm. nothing doing at the time. Interestingly, this week, have you have you watched other games on the on the TV? Yeah, I watched a few. Yeah. Did you watch the what's the twelfth that whatever? Chelsea. And all that. I don't know whether it's a narrative they're pushing, or the VAR have got better or whatever. It literally, as soon as something happens, the commentators then relay all VAR check mm. going on. Yeah, or VAR check, and it's, it's done. Re- it's yeah. gone really quickly because as soon as that was happened, mm. they had it in their ear. All, all something, something's gone on here. Yeah, because that that's probably a change that maybe the TV or the refs have spoke with the media or whatever, but. Yeah, you're right. Because beforehand it was, they wouldn't say anything, and they might, after the incident they might go, "Oh, and don't forget, we as the commentators always hear the conversations mm. between the refs and the VAR." But now, like you said, it's okay. Yep, yeah, they're talking right now, and they don't, they don't obviously say word for word, but they relay tiny bits of information, don't they? Yeah, mm. I haven't noticed that too. You said really, but so I noticed it this weekend. I was like, because I, when mm. I had the stream on the Oscar, there was about six VAR VAR calls in that game. But the game then stopped. The, um, it was a, oh, it was Tierney, wasn't it? Yeah, Tierney, yeah, that right, clown. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was uh, Michael Oliver, I think. It was yeah, VAR. stopped the game. Yeah. You look at it and you think he's going to give that. Yeah. And Neville, I'm sort of in his camp with this one. You look at it and it's your team, and you know it's he shouldn't do it. Mm. But you see them week in, yeah, week out, I, I agree. and it's yeah. but it's that's the consistency we've always yeah. asked for. It is a foul, and if it's one of the against you, like he's clearly pulled your shirt. Mm. But the same thing happened last week. It will happen. The same penalty yeah, will not yeah. be given Definitely. next weekend. Not even the but I found that will happen in when the ball's uh, from a goal kick or a, or a defender's launched it long or a long free kick and then they're not even in the box. But yeah, exactly that. Yeah, that happens every week. It would have happened over the weekend. And it's never given. I do agree it was a penalty. It is a foul. But they need to start doing that because then it will stop. That mm. needs to happen... Next weekend, the following weeks, every game, if it happens, it needs to be looked at, but it just won't be. It won't Because you think, as a fan, you think, if it's against your team, you think, that is so soft. But, yeah. letter of the law, I know he's not getting the ball, but it's a foul, but it's one of them ones you want, like you just touched on, it needs to be clamped down mm. so we know this is a penalty. Mm. Not next week when you see it pulled. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't getting the ball, so it's not a penalty. You've heard, you've heard them every Monday. And the show I despise is on Monday mornings with um, Dermot, Dermot yeah. Sue, and Stephen Warnock. And they, it's called Ref Watch, isn't it? Yeah. And they just, they just agree with each other. They agree with each other. And yeah, he sits on the fence and never says anything bad against the ref. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, he's probably luckier to get away mm-hmm. with that one. Well, no, the ref made a mistake mm-hmm. then. Say it. 
that, that's the word they were using. That's Howard Webb or when Mike Dean has started mm. doing the soccer Saturday. So, I, yeah, he was lucky he's not. And even pundits do. They are mm. lucky he's not see a red or foul. <laughs> Call him out on it. Foul, yeah, another yellow. Just say how you see it. And well, after what well, he watched a couple of times, uh, Tierney pointing to the spot. Yeah, Harlan gets the ball. Yeah, that, when they go to the screen, you know it's ninety nine percent going to change the decision yeah. or penalty or foul, whatever. So, but yeah, right decision. But again, like he's, like me and Tate are saying, it's it needs to happen. Like the Carling Cup, the League Cup, mm. sorry, that's happening Tuesday, Wednesday. That will happen in those games. Yeah, and it needs to be. If that's what's happening at the weekend, that needs to carry on. But yeah, we'll, yeah. I, highly, and then I highly doubt it. Just well, jumping way forward from the penalty. But did you see Haaland's post-match interview? I didn't. Really and watch he that said, because um, I, I noticed after he scored, his celebration was like gave he it some, it, yeah, gave it some, did, and he's he and they the um, presenter asked him what was that about, and he mm. goes, they were all chanting Kino at me. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, he's good. I'm and he said he wanted to give some yeah, back. So obviously a good you can tell he let out like a roar of like, yeah, have that. And yeah, he's obviously been built up. And I mean, I think our photo is, for this episode, is his celebration from that. And it's an almost iconic photo. Yeah. Some of the supporters and the guy in the white t-shirt, I think, will go down in <laughs> the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, we do urge you to zoom in on the podcast picture yeah. this week. And but look if you just, it's one of those, you look at each, each corner of the picture and you notice someone different doing mm. something. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, everyone is angry, throwing a. Someone's yeah. trying to look like he's throwing a coin at yeah, someone. The, white, the guy in the white t-shirt yeah. has definitely launched a little coin. That is, uh, he has really riled them up there, which yeah. is fantastic to see. And still in the first half, just before half-time, actually, it was um, United's goalkeeper Andre Anana produced a brilliant save to deny Haaland a second when he. It was one of them never <laughs> <laughs> when he came across. Yeah. Good I think it was Bernardo Silva's cross and literally. His head came across yeah. and no, you thought two 0 here, yeah. bang! But what a save! Yeah, had and to keep a minute. Yeah, he obviously headed it towards goalie, and that's why he saved it. But yeah, brilliant save! And Onana throughout the game really made some. He was a bit unorthodox. I think he's a bit unorthodox. Made some strange old saves, but made some very good ones as well, and almost mm. saved them from yeah, probably a bigger defeat. I just wanted to make a note on or mention Edison for that excellent yeah, save he made from McTominay. Still at one nil, which could have made a difference going into half-time. But great save from a keeper. And that's what you want from your top George keepers. You don't have to do much all game yeah, to then no, make come out when you need them. And it was, it was a brilliant. fantastic save. Tom and yeah, a very good save. Like you said, he hadn't really done much the whole half and suddenly pulls it out. No, yeah, kept it 1-0. And then, but like I said, yeah, Man United at least look competitive. They, mm. they understand they're way off Man City. But for 45 minutes, it was a, a slight contest. But... Slightly yeah. controversially at half time, so Neville said it at half time, and then he got some stick in the post match um, room in Sky. So the substitution was Amrabat off, who'd already been booked for your mate, mm. Money Mace. Money Mace. And he what said, was that Shout of the season, probably. <laughs> Has to be. You've got to be up there. And he said that uh, he wanted a more attacking approach, yeah. and he was so rattled in that post match. I felt a bit awkward because I wasn't sure... Who's that, sorry? Neville? Ten Hag. Oh, Ten Hag, right. Yeah. I wasn't sure it was because if he was English and he, he wasn't, he's not obviously English mm. isn't his first language and he was struggling to find words he wanted mm. but he did not look well, at happened. all calm no. or composed and mm. he think he looked a bit rattled by the interviewer's questions because mm. he was asking, I wouldn't say they're difficult questions but they're probing and you know what he's after. He's yeah. after... He wants, a, he wants a the mission answer. of basically yeah. 
He wants a headline. That's what yeah, he wants. Yeah. And he wants a headline. He was a bit defensive about it and things about saying, well, do you regret bringing on Matt? Do you regret? Because mm. as soon as they did that, they lost all control of the game. And like you touched on, the midfield was a disgrace. I mean, you had yeah. Mount, Fernandez, and Ericsson in there. How are you going to get the ball back? No, and it, the second half, it it showed more, and you, it's, it's a better example. But yeah, they went tuning down early, didn't they? Harland again. Um, but yeah, from that moment, the midfield was just all over the place, absolutely all over the place. And you, those sort of players, Fernandez, Ericsson, Mount coming on and just running around like a headless chicken. They're they're just not players you need in that scenario. And they, United had a similar reaction when they got beat at home to Brighton, and it was a pretty much identical carbon copy yesterday. They just right, they turn them down. They throw they throw the toys out of the pram, and they totally give up. There's no there's no pride. There's bear in mind you're playing for Manchester United, hmm. historically one of the biggest clubs. Always say it, but yeah, you've got to show some pride. You need you need eleven. I know. You don't want the 11, but you need 11 Scott McTominay's or even, dare I say it, Harry Maguire's that are just going to knuckle down and, all right, we're getting battered here, but I'm going to play for a bit of pride and mm. and a bit of yeah self-preservation. But, yeah, they were, they were poor, very, very poor. And City doubled their lead four minutes <coughs> into the second half, which is basically an identical situation that I just explained mm. earlier about the, uh, the Haaland. And it was Bernardo Silva's cross right to the back post. Everyone was marked. Except the main man, yeah, <laughs> Erling Haaland, stooping head up. Yeah, the best striker in the world. Let's leave him back by Heads it back and then celebrates right in front of the Man City faithful. Yeah. Two nil up, 49 minutes gone. Mm. Game well and truly over. And I said, I keep saying it, but I looked up at about 55 minutes and it felt like it was 91st. It was just City were just essentially a training session and just pass, passing it around, one or two touch. Olays from the crowd, singing all sorts of songs. Uh, towards Man United, and it was yeah, it was ridiculous. It was so so easy for them. Yeah, like you just touched on the songs there. There was one specific song going round about Old Trafford falling down mm. that has been in my head all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Been doing the rounds. I, I saw online because everyone has either quoted it or mm. retweeted it or whatever. It's got over three million views. Right. <laughs> that is yeah, it's very it's a good song. Yeah. Very good song. Um, City, like I said, ping them all around for. Just toyed with them. They were like, what's the expression? Like a, a cat playing with their food, isn't it? Or yeah, a, yeah. What, a mouse playing with whatever the yeah, expression well, yeah, is. Yeah, it's basically a lion like, messing around with its prey, isn't he? So. And then Rodri, this is the third goal for me, is just diabolical. Watch Rod- Rodri is fantastic. One of the best players, if not the best player in the Premier League, I think, for me. He's just absolutely yeah, he's out of this world. One thing he's not is a slarling and running, dribbling mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. fielder. <laughs> But he wa- he waltzes past Christian Eriksen and watch Eriksen just no, he's a disgrace. He waltzes past him, and then takes as the audacity to shoot of his left foot. Mm. <laughs> Gets a shot away. Onana parries it into Haaland, squares it across. Foden runs between the two centre halves. Three nil. Did you hear the commentary? I don't know if you saw that clip of Drury. Yeah. Have you heard what he yeah, said? Yeah, he said what did he say? He was like, "Rodri's class in it." Ah, brilliant. Yeah, but just summed them up. They yeah, they're just so simple and. Yeah, Ericsson, I'm not a big fan of Ericsson's, but even more so now in his sort of later years and just shouldn't be, he should not be centre midfield for Manchester United. There's no there's no way. And Fernandez, yeah, the, the less I speak of him, the better. And after that goal went in, the sort of thousands of empty seats all around Old Trafford in the closing stages told of a tale of a real truly miserable 
and quite a, a testing day and a yeah. like a sobering day for Man United. Yeah, where it all sort of miles off it. comes comes full circle really because I think I was chatting. I've been chatting to Ben a lot this week. He's a mm. big Man United fan. He's been very nervous for this game because he's thinking we can't afford a a smacking in. Yes, yeah. and it was. We, it really we know was. the everyone knows the golf, but until you see it. Yeah. In person, yeah. for the first time, you think, oh, they showed nothing. They, yeah. they really did. Not at all. I, I, I do have a little bit of sympathy for them where they had injuries. Casemiro, Martinez, and Varane could have made a difference. Luke Shaw, mm. they're four starters in their team. I think the the back four, yeah, that that's very weak. Lindelof at left back with obviously Evans and Maguire is very weak. Is very very weak. But the midfield, yes, yeah. Casemiro could be in there, but isn't. Uh, Ericsson would still play. Fernandez would still have to play. Yeah. But what we have mentioned numerous times, and we'll continue to mention it, when the chips are down for Manchester United, yeah. na- you name me a worst bunch yeah. of players you want fighting for your cause. Like you said, I think you said it. When did you play Spurs? When did you play um, yeah, Man United? Third, second game. Second or third game yeah. of the season. Yeah. Fernandez whinging, yeah. moaning. Anthony, disgrace. Yeah. What, what is that? I'm not going to call it a tackle. No, nah, he just had to be a red card as well. It was awful. <laughs> How is that not being a red card? But like even the, like the the swipe is a yellow card. Then mm. the reaction after. Then he, he later on was like in Doku's face. Don't know what was said mm. or done, but there was three or four occasions when he was on for what less than ten minutes. Mm. He could have been uh, straight red. Like you think what players get sent off for? Yeah. And just top of my head, I'm an Arsenal fan, so it comes to me. Do you remember um, Tommy Asu's Yellow card for a little bit of time wasting. Mm. Yellow card for tickling someone's off, back. Yeah, yeah. But now you can have a swipe at someone's leg, and shove yeah. people around. Probably and swear and call him all sorts, yeah, in <laughs> Portuguese. But no, yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst sort of players. Fernandez, Anthony, oh, Ericsson, even Rashford at the minute is just, oh, just one of them so far from your team. I don't know if you've seen this stat during the rounds, but Manchester United have now lost as many Premier League home games since Ferguson, since Ferguson retired than he did in his whole 26-year career. That is, I've not, but that's awful. So he retired in 2013, <coughs> May 2013. So in the 10, ten and a half years, they've lost as many home games than they have in his 26 year reign, which is it's quite damn. speaks volumes of yeah. the yeah. Of, of how far they've fallen. And interestingly enough, uh, that was man's, they kept saying it was Pep's 20th game, 20th mm. derby. And um, only against Arsenal has he won more away games against a single opponent in his mm. managerial career. Seven times at Old Trafford. Mm. <laughs> they won, City won six of their last eight derbies in all competitions as well. And Pep said, for so, for so long we have seen Sir Alex at the top, we have changed the tendency. And mm. Well, even wrong. before the game, and in the week, he said something to rile them up and said, we look at Liverpool now as our main rivals. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they, and yeah, they probably would. And... In the immediate, like recent times, probably Arsenal, yeah, Liverpool, much mm. more of a rival and a, a contest than Man United have been. So, question for you, Ten Hag, is he walking the plank? Is he tiltering? I, I don't know. I probably don't know enough about Man United, but from not saying you can't because it obviously does happen, but from last season, it seemed like he'd improved them. Right, they hadn't. They weren't brilliant, but there was a definite improvement. And this year, suddenly they've they've fell off. They've just but totally what's there, fell off. We, I think we've said it before. You had last year, you had Arsenal and City, and the rest. Remember, they got 
what they get waxed seven mm. Liverpool. Yeah, true. Six yeah. three uh and maybe because four nil at, yeah. at Brentford. And maybe because of Tottenham weren't so good. Liverpool had a bit of up and down mm. season. Chelsea obviously nowhere near it. Maybe yeah. Maybe the fact that those sort of sides weren't and then this year is different. Tottenham have turned it round. Arsenal obviously still good. City are very good. Liverpool, Liverpool are good. Have suddenly yeah, are very good again, so Villa and even New- Newcastle are a solid side. Villa are good again. Brighton are, mm. are good again. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something about the narrative that is about Ten Hag at the moment, which is doing the rounds. Is what's their playing style? What are the, mm. what are they doing? Mm. Like Deserby's come in since ev- all these managers have come in since he's come. Deserby, talking about Deserby, uh, and yeah. Emery, mm. three play- three managers there have come in to, to different teams Timers and put timing, a style, yeah. put their style. Mm. On their teams, what what do United do? Do they play it from the back? Do they mm. play counter attacking football? They seem to play this underdog football, which is not sustainable if you're a Manchester United manager. No, not at all. Of Old Trafford, you take the ball and we put you in the counter attack with Rashford, Ganacho, yeah. whoever on the wings, and play like that. But you can't do that. You need to be dictating the ball and showing you're the biggest club in England. Yeah, and I I didn't know anything about. I don't really know much about Ten Hag, but before he come, I. I was under the impression that he played that sort of style of football and attacking and free-flowing football, but and maybe because of the players he's got, but then again, he's spent, or they've spent how much for, is it 400 million? Or I made 400 million, yeah. So, yeah, and he's bought, his signings are, right. got, yeah, I've go, got please, please, the signings they've made, wow. Signings, right, we'll start from most expensive down to the bottom, I forgot I've got this, Anthony, 85 million pound. Rasmus Hoyland, 72 million. Casemiro, 70. Mason Mount, 60. Martinez, 56. Onana, 47. Uh, Malassia, 14. Then they got a reserve goalkeeper. And then three was Ericsson and Evans. On loan, Regelion, Amrabat, Weghorst, and Marcel Sabitza. I'd say, apart from Hoyland, because I, I do think he. He looks like quite. He's a young player. and he's, he's played it's ten games. Yes, yeah. you sort of ignore that one. Casemiro is obviously a world class player, regardless of how he's doing at United at the minute. Onana again is a bit up and down. I don't know. I can't. I can't say about him. But the rest, my god. But the Casemiro one is one of them examples which Carragher has gone very hard on. Seventy million pound for him. They're paying, God knows what they're paying mm. him each week. Probably three fifty, four hundred grand a week. Last summer. Could they have got Casado for that? Probably. Mm. Could they have won and got attempted Declan Rice for mm. thirty odd million more? Like, yeah, it's no, they're, yeah the the players they've got and he's just he's bought players that he knows and yeah from leagues that are like Vekhorst and Anthony and the Anthony one yeah. for me is like I don't well, there's every team has got wingers that have most teams in the top half has got a winger that they've bought for far too much mm. money. Arsenal had Pepe, Chelsea mm. you've got a whole catalogue of them mm. they've even got a striker st- out on his second year on the trot out and alone in but in me, Lukaku yeah, is he obviously very easy but what's Anthony good at he's yeah. not quick uh, it's very easy to say right now and it's obviously a bit of hindsight and he's not doing well but well, 85, 85 million on a winger like that's outrageous outrageous it's not a striker if it's not a centre fielder it's not a yeah that's that's a ridiculous amount of money n- on someone I, I, I can happily spend that on a winger who's Gonna be, but on someone from the Eredivisie, mm. who's had like one and a half good seasons, 
And if you like if you were to go buy yeah. Vinicius Junior, for example, yeah. you are spending a hundred and fifty million pounds. Yeah. Like, but it's probably I'd say that I don't know. I'm talking about maybe three wingers, maybe four wingers in the world that are even near that and worth mm. that money. The rest, bloody Anthony for eighty five is outrageous. And I want to go through their attacking players. This is horrific. Anthony, Ganacho, Hoyland, Martial, Rashford, and what we have never touched on yet, Sancho. Yeah. <laughs> Even that whole situation is just a mess. Mm. Between them, six players, one goal, one assist. Does Rashford? Rashford's got yeah. both of them, yeah. I was going to say, Rashford's got one goal in 13 this season. Yeah, that was one against Arsenal. Yeah, I... Yeah, and obviously the Sancho situation is there's all sorts happening. There. Even the Greenwood situation—that's the player. That's mm. awful. That's you can't as a as Tenard coming into Man United, you can't um, what's the word? Predict that you can't mm. expect that sort of thing to go on. But and yeah, Anthony with what's gone on with him and all the the politi- uh, the saga outside of football. Mm. It's yeah, there's scenarios that you don't account for. But my God, it's a it is a big old. Mess. Yeah, it's a, it's a big old mess. Oh, yeah. See, United, United, 10 games in, they sit 8th. Their position, it's not great. They've played They've played 10, lost 5, won 5. Mm. I'm going to say it's not disastrous. How, how many points are off? They're 5, 8 points off Liverpool in 4th. It's, it's doable, but you've got the teams around them. Like you've got West Ham a point, a point below them, Brighton 2 points above them. But they just look... Like probably the eighth, ninth best yeah, team in the league, yeah, don't they? They, they don't, do don't look, look that mid-table from eighth to twelfth. They just look, or don't look. They they are they are just going to be that because they're going to be better and they're going to beat the teams below that position. But they aren't going to con- compete with the top eight sides, top seven teams. So yeah, they lost five out of ten already this season. Most defeats mm. uh, in the first ten since eighty six, eighty seven season. Yeah, that was a note I had. Their last couple of games, they um. Scraped past Brentford in the 96th and 98th, whatever it was, McTominay's two goals. Then they... Even the Champions League. Scraped past Copenhagen with a last-minute penalty save. Yeah. And they just edged edged over the line against Sheffield United, 2-1. So the right was on the wall. They weren't playing well, but they were getting points. However, I will say they do have a nice run of fixtures coming up. Their next three Premier League games, Fulham, Luton and Everton. Mm. That has to be nine points. Yeah. Yeah, they can't lose. They've got a win two at least, and not. Oh, it has to be nine. But you're not. Yeah. You, you can't. Fulham have been diabolical this season. Yeah, they've got a good. No, yeah, Fulham aren't as as good as they were. Last yeah, and season. they haven't got a striker. I know it's yeah. it's away maybe, but Luton and Everton has yeah. to be. Yeah, they've got six points. Yeah, has just to. has to be, and that will maybe put them on a on a run until the international break. But then again, as soon as they play a decent team, mm. they lose. Yeah, I. It's almost. Obviously, at the minute they can't buy anyone, they can't get rid of. It, but they, it's like you said, the the football they're playing. It, what are they doing? They they, that has to improve quickly. But that's obviously such an ask. It's not going to suddenly change overnight, and they're going to be passing like around like prime Barcelona or defending like Mourinho's Chelsea. It's yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot mm. to ask. But like you said, there's no, doesn't seem like there's real guidance or there's a real aim or purpose to what they're doing at the minute. And we'll touch on it quickly. And just I think on the last point. There's always talk when United lose Glazers, this yeah. and that. And I do get some of the arguments like the if you're going into work and it's a rotten environment, mm. it can trickle down to the to the players and that. But I do think it's time the players take responsibility yeah, they've got to. for what they're doing. And Carragher made a good point about what 
the the players out there, Fernandez, that they they cannot care on a Tuesday when they're training against Man United. What is going on in that boardroom when the Glazers yeah. cannot affect them? If if Sir Ratcliffe, if that what's his name, Sir Jim Ratcliffe mm-hmm. comes in, they're all of a sudden going to start training harder and running that yeah. extra yard. Is Anthony going to stop being a twat and gain an extra yeah, yard well of it pace? Can't, it can't affect Hoyland. It can't affect Onana that's just come in. Like Sir Jim I know he's. I mean, um, it's almost laughable he's playing for them, but how mm. can he can't be affected by it? He just, he but that's cannot. it. You just named a player that's... Why on yeah. earth is he playing no. for Manchester United? Ridiculous. He yeah. came on at Manchester Derby, left back. Like, why didn't he start to start yeah. with? Like, <laughs> but yeah, why bring it oh, yeah. it's I mean, I'm not a United fan, so for me, it's I have no... You used to be there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, <I> was <laughs> a little boy. But, yeah, it's just... Um, the fact, yeah, the fact Reglon is playing for them is, yeah, laughable. Evans... Mm. Is, yeah. Well, even Ericsson to an extent. Like mm. you sold him a couple of years ago because you didn't yeah. want like, you didn't want to be there and you wanted to upgrade in that position. And yeah, they're, they're our mess, and I can't imagine how it is to be a United fan. Right. But on the other hand, Man City are obviously unbelievable, and yeah, they're just a joke. They just continue chugging them along. Yep, they will do. They will do indeed. And Bournemouth at home for Pep. So what? Eight, nine? Is that on Saturday? That's the next game. Yeah. So One of my um takes this season I had I think the record could be broken in terms of goal I think there could be a 10-0 this season that could be well Luton you'd think because my, well, the reason, my reasoning was because of this new additional time yeah and even Sheffield Sheffield I quickly took Arsenal with 5 to up against Sheffield United and they still added on 10 minutes there was quite easily 10 minutes of a stoppage times because of the VAR decisions and whatnot and the penalty checks and all that stuff and there were four goals and sit four goals and twelve subs and that. Yeah, there was a lot of stoppages. <laughs> there's no need to play, mate. No, <laughs> there's no need to that game to no. go to the hundredth minute. You're five nil up. Just let Sheffield get over and crack on. But right, shall we change our turn our attention to the bottom half? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. So I've got a little screenshot here of the bottom six teams. I'm going to read them out: mm-hmm. Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, Bournemouth, Forest, Everton. That's the order, isn't it? You've yeah. Read bottom top. Um, Fulham. Are you are you keeping no, Fulham out of it? I would. Yeah. I, like that list is is what I'd say. Everton firmly in it, and who they? Who is it below them? Bournemouth. No Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Those two definitely, and then the top, the bottom four. Yeah, they are. They're right in it. So we also have the live bookies odds here. Sheffield United odds on favourite to go down. F- shortly followed by Luton, Burnley are third, and then it's Bournemouth and Everton at similar odds. With uh, Forest out at six to one mm. to go down, and five wins between all five of those teams. All five of sorry, excluding Everton. Um. Uh, yeah, five. Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, Bournemouth, and Forest only five wins, and oh. um, Sheffield United the only team obviously not to win a get league game this year. Oh yeah, but Sheffield. Let's we'll start from the bottom, and work our way up. Mm. We we said on the opening pod that we think that one of these teams that got promoted could. Break the record. Yeah, they could be awful. Could yeah, break yeah, a yeah. Derby County's record of n- eleven yeah. points. Was it? Or I think so. Or nine or eleven. Awful. They won one game. I know they won one game. It's Newcastle. Um, Sheffield United ten games, zero wins, one draw against Everton. Mm. Nine losses, minus twenty-two goal difference. <laughs> Burnley, one win, one draw. Yeah, and I think for Burnley, the Bournemouth game is. A perfect example of them being right involved because I've yeah. I've said it and even other people have said it, but they had a really they had really tough teams. They had some very good teams in at the start and they they were losing obviously, but 
yeah, I think they're totally in limbo of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve. But yeah, that was that's a, a prime example of them writing it. And Burnley's only win was against Luton, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Luton's one win was against Everton, wasn't it? So they're, they're yeah, beating they're the teams. Yeah. And Bournemouth's one win was against Burnley. Yeah. And they're the bottom four. Yeah. Forest, for me, are struggling a little bit. I thought they'd picked up a few. I thought they would have picked up a few more points. Yeah, than they had. They're one of those like silent ones. No one's really obviously. They played Liverpool at the weekend. It's, what do you expect? It's you seen happen, Salah's goal? I think yeah, I watched it earlier on actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Turner. Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, what a donut. <laughs> and people were wondering why we signed Raya. <laughs> but then Forest and Everton are a similar situation. They don't really score a lot, but they also haven't really. They've conceded a fair amount of goals, but nothing compared to those below them and. I think they've even conceded less than like Wolves or a higher up the table and some other sides. So mm. they just obviously struggle to put the ball ball in the net. Talking of goals, there is one man I think if he's fit will keep Everton uh, out of this relegation zone, and that's Cavalloon. Yeah, don't he think he's goal the weekend, wasn't it? top draw. Like it's in no. top top draw, but he's very. I used to think I thought mm. there was that lockdown season when he scored. What was it twenty goals, twenty two mm. Premier League goals, something like that. And I was like, I would like, I like him. I would like him at Arsenal. And then since then, he's had a couple of injuries, and doesn't. He's never got, never hit that form no, again. No, I do but like, I do like the, I probably like the idea more of, I like more of the idea. I like, idea more of having Cavalier than him actually performing and being that good of a player. But mm. yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that surely he has the quality to. To yeah, bag a few more goals and get some wins for Everton and, and definitely keep them up. Because not one of them teams down there has a player of that quality no, in as a, as a number nine. No, and he scored his fiftieth Premier League goal <coughs> of the weekend. And yeah, it's like you just said, great goal against mm. West Ham, and what a result that is. Yeah, perfect game for them. They were more than happy. It was a, I think the West Ham fans are very very distressed with what's going on, and I think they had plenty of plenty of um, bad words to say about Moyes and their team over the weekend. Yeah, Boozer, Boozer, full time. Yeah, they weren't happy. I don't think they are happy, shall I say. Which I thought was a bit... I mean, I haven't actually kept a close eye on West Ham, to be honest, this season, but I did think a booing at half... But apparently that's the third game on the trot they've lost in all comps. Yeah, they've won one of their last six games. One draw, four losses before yesterday. London derby. Two London derbies this week for them. Mm. Arsenal Wednesday and Brentford on Saturday. I'm interested to know what sort of team they'll put out on Wednesday. They Arsenal will rotate, but I don't... They probably can't really afford to like their squad is their squad is yeah Arsenal will make eight nine changes mm. still be I still think we'll put out a, a good side mm. West I don't know Fabianski will come in I'm trying to think who else they have Danny Ings probably will start they maybe I'll, I'll be surprised because how does the bookings work because Paqueta's banned for the weekend no he's, he's booked for the Premier League game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they might even yeah, play the yeah. strong side. He's banned. Who was the other one that got banned? Uh, Alvarez. Yeah, the <laughs> two yeah. best players. That's what I'm saying. So they might actually just play <laughs> Excuse me. a solid side tomorrow night yeah. or whenever, Wednesday night, sorry. Um, knowing that obviously those are going to miss out on a weekend. But yeah, I think there's a few, definitely a few of our friends and listeners of the show that are very unhappy with Moyes at the minute. And there's a suddenly that, that sort of call for him to go is, is getting stronger. But who... A lot of them are saying Potter. A lot of them want Grand Potter. Whether that would happen or not, I don't know. But yeah, I get that. I just think they I want. Get that. They want something fresh. They want something. Just talking out loud and with, with Potter. Is he? Is he better off waiting till the summer and getting the England job? 
Do you think he'd but get he, it? But he's probably, if, he's, if that's, I mean, he probably doesn't know or he, might, he may know, but if that's an option, he probably, he probably is thinking that, those mm. thoughts. It, does he want to go, yeah, to a West Ham side? But then it, I don't know, it's a different, as a manager, just, yeah, yeah, do you want to say club football, international mm. football, and it's probably a massive challenge to, to s- essentially change West Ham and make them, mm. know, make it feel good, make a feel good factor around West Ham again. But yeah, I think a lot of the West Ham fans uh, just want something different, something new. And obviously last season winning the Conference League was unbelievable for them. And they'll probably ne- they'll never ever forget that. And Moyes will always, will always have that. But yeah, I think they're, they're fed up with, with their tactics and what they're trying yeah. to achieve. They sit ninth in the table, ten games in, fourteen points. They're three points off a European place, mm. three points off Newcastle, three points off Brighton, point below Man United. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I don't really. No, no. It's uh, no, 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 they they definitely would say this, and they it's not. Oh, they they think they should be winning every game, but it's more essentially it's very similar in the sense that what happened to Spurs in last season with Conte was dreadful football and. West Ham feel like they're going there with Moyes. It's dreadful football in their eyes, and they wanna they wanna see something different. But mm. yeah, I'm not sure. And uh, yeah, they ninth, and they they will ne- they won't go down. They'll be comfortable, and they'll be possibly challenging for the for like the lower European spots. But yeah, but also that result is typical West Ham. They'll who mm. they got they got Brentford away next week this weekend. They might even get a result there. But when they play Tottenham, Arsenal, whoever, they'll turn up and may get a win and mm. get a good result but yeah they lose games at home home to teams like Everton and don't want to sound condescending here but it's that's one of the struggles you get when you haven't got a a big squad when you're playing Thursday night away at Olympiacos which is a tough it's <laughs> Arsenal have played there enough times it's pretty yeah. tough to go yeah, there yeah, they're a proper European club so yeah. like, well, like we said they're one of them European clubs that you think you can beat. At home, you, yeah, you steamroll, yeah. but yeah. away, it's just, just difficult, isn't it? It's, it's like a Sevilla of the Champions, Sevilla yeah. of the Europa League, or... Yeah. It's just, yeah. And then I'm trying to think of another example. English sides in Europe, the record's probably shocking, but yeah, that's a prime example of just, right, they lost, but they're fine in the group. And then they'll, you be, they'll be there to advance through. Like. You've got to play that Thursday night away, and then you've got to get them same players to get back from Greece, yeah. back to playing Sunday against yeah. Everton, who've had a whole week to prepare for yeah. this game, who have... Everton fight every game for their lives because mm. they want to stay up and they need to stay mm. up. And Everton, on the other hand, have had a tough week with, unfortunately, their chairman passing away mm. and all those rumours about getting a potential 12-point deduction. That's, yeah, that's the only thing we have to... If that happens, they are stuffed. If they get a point deduction of 10, 12 points, they are really, really in bother. Mm. Well, going into the beginning of the season, <coughs> we both had Luton and Sheffield United down. I said, yeah, I had Luton, Sheffield United, Forest. And my third one was Wolves. Mm. Wolves are I've been very they? surprised by Wolves. Mm. Gary O'Neill was really took them and and, well. and run with them really. Again, in the especially against the the big sides, they've mm. done well. Neto and well. Wang have been mm. unbelievable. Especially Neto will get all the credit, but Wang he got like six Premier League goals already. That goal he scored, he cut back on weak yeah. side, didn't he? he slotted away. I would. I'm not, not going to change my. I'm not going to change my. Um, my prediction, but I don't think Wolves go down anymore. It's I, I think it's, I think it's four, five, four, six, four, yeah. four, four. It's three out of four. Yeah, and you can see from the uh, from the table: Sheffield United one point, Burnley four, Luton five, Bournemouth six, and then already there's a tiny bit of a gap: Forest and Everton on ten points, mm. Fulham on eleven. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I think Everton again will just stay clear purely on the basis of the teams below them. 
and maybe Forest might even finish above them. But yeah, I think the current bottom four is when they all fight each other, that will be the decider. But mm. and maybe Bournemouth might get away with it because those three sides are absolutely awful at the minute. Because mm. I actually thought if Bournemouth had lost the weekend, uh, Ariola would have been sacked. Mm. Because the owners came in, didn't they, for the There's big game? There's rumours suddenly going round about that, weren't there? I thought he was going to go. They've been awful. You can't bring a new manager in. They'd have been sitting on three points. They'd have been second from bottom. Yeah, it was first. The yeah, Bournemouth's yeah. first win of the season. Obviously, he rode his first Premier League win. Mm. And it, it would was, have been. Yeah, it was just. It was a proper scrap, wasn't it? It was just a proper poor, poor sides going at it. Because just looking out them teams down there I don't think Sheffield United whatever Sheffield United did this season I don't think they'll sack the manager what's no. the point point? Yeah. and if he were going to sack them they would have sacked him after losing 8-0 yeah agreed similar situation to Forest of like mm. Steve Cooper just yeah. like last season when it was all I'm an iron just no there's no, there's no Burnley I think they've invested too much into company to sack yeah. him I also think it's very harsh considering his season last year I know mm. he's probably being a bit naive this season and needs to alter something mm. what that altering is I don't know I'm not a Premier League manager <laughs> he needs to he needs to figure that out for himself. Yeah. Luton, there's literally no point sacking him. <laughs> because he no, but you can't sack the bloke no, that's really, brought you into yeah, the Premier League yeah. after you just he needs to stay the whole yeah. season. Bournemouth, I think he is sackable because there's yeah. no ties to the club. I think they're looking at Gary O'Neill and thinking have, have we have we yeah, he cocked up here. Yeah, he could have and, and there's he, managers he out enjoyed there. It as well. Not enjoyed it, but he yeah he was up for the challenge and he was mm. focused on Bournemouth and then Basically, they just fobbed him off. So, yeah, he has every right. And like you just on. mentioned, Steve Cooper's fine. And I th- Sean Dyche, if they sack him, then yeah. I think he's the only reason I had them just about staying out of it. Mm. But Yeah, but although I thought um, Burnley, saying all that, Burnley were very unfortunate the weekend. The, some of the, again, the, we talk about them, can't, oh. can't be bothered to talk about them, the refs. But the VAR, what was, I don't know what was going the so, so the offside the total was a total mess anyway. So they gave it on. And then they looked at it again, and they realised they'd drawn the lines in the wrong yeah. place. And you actually see how far they'd drawn yeah. them wrong as well. They're like drawn it over like Rodriguez's head. Yeah, like across his, like the green line was through his chest. And Can you imagine if they did a Spurs and went goal yeah. given? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's just a mess. And and then they they didn't even look at the handball, did they? And how's it how's it not handball? Uh, the defender um, Chris Meffham for Meffham whatever for Bournemouth was like holding onto Sandberg's shirt from the get go. Like so he didn't. I said if he pushed his arm away, but if he didn't, he just, yeah, held on shirt, held on shirt, basically caught the ball, and then, I mean, I don't know how Sandberg's missed the goal anyway, but mm. it's definitely, should be a penalty, but, you're saying all that, yeah, very, very unfortunate with some of the decisions, and again, that, that lack of decision is massive, that could be a penalty, that could, they could have scored, they could have got a point away at Bournemouth, but. And two massive games, lastly, <coughs> two massive games, I mean, you think you can write off, City Bournemouth, write that off. Yeah. Lewitt and Liverpool, write that off. Yeah. Even to an extent, Forest Villa. Mm. Never know. Forest have a very good, very good record at home. Yeah. But Burnley versus Palace. Palace look shot mm. with no. At least they are. No, at least they are. They are just. They're a twelfth place team with them. They're <laughs> yeah. probably like a fourteenth place yeah. without them. Yeah. Like you, you saw firsthand on Friday. Oh. They can cause you a couple of problems, putting yeah. some crosses in, and they look a bit dangerous yeah. at home. But it, all I thought they huff and puff, but their huff I and puff is pathetic. Yeah, with with Friday's game, that if like you could see that if they had an Elise or Eze on the break and counter, and when the ball suddenly fall to them, and they'd probably look more dangerous, and you'd be more concerned. But and yeah, they they come off a big defeat in Newcastle, and basically mm. Friday night, right, right, we are not 
try and not concede and we're just going to defend, defend, defend. And yeah, they, they're a pretty, pretty poor side. I put Palace in that category with a few other teams of effort, and I say they're, they're first goal teams. If you get the first goal against them, yeah, you, you're sound because yeah. they aren't scoring two. No, and you, that's what Arsenal did very, obviously, very well against Sheffield United. That again, a clear example is what happened to us against Sheffield United. You you score sort of semi early on, game opens up, you're at home. Their whole idea is right. We don't concede, don't concede. We try and push late on, maybe twenty minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago, we look <coughs> forward. But yeah, Arsenal is exactly that performance is what all the so-called big sides want against the Sheffield United Luton and, and yeah mm-hmm. but helps yeah. when you've got a world class number nine of course of <laughs> course yeah <laughs> and then she- Sheffield United versus Wolves massive game yeah massive game <coughs> yeah but shall we um, move on to team of the week yeah let's do it right so I'll, I'll start with the goalkeeper we've gone for Edison of Manchester United massive <laughs> of Manchester City, yes. Um, didn't have too much to do, but I really like that big save made at that really yeah, important absolutely. time. His kicking all game was just a joke. Onana, mm. um, you see, he's been brought in to sort of replicate that sort of style, but mm. Edison, I think, is the best at it. Not yeah. Maybe not the best goalkeeper in the league, I think Alisson is, but his kicking is just... He's, he's so he's laid left, back and just left boot, left boot it leans back, yeah, pings any player he wants. Mm. And he came out and claimed some great crosses all round. Just another good performance. And keep clean sheet. Another another clean sheet at Old Trafford. Yeah, very good. He um, was my goalkeeper of choice this week. And first of all, I'm going to go for Braithwaite of um, Everton. Just to, yeah, again, a sort of good. It could have been a very, very tough, tough away game at West Ham with dealing with Antonio. But, yeah, he's coming. I think him and Tarkovsky have started last few games together building some sort of relationship. And he... Yeah, he looks quite good. He's sort of a younger player, very inexperienced. But yeah, he's he's tall. He's he's quite physical. He's he's got a bit of pace. Left left foot. He plays on the left side. But yeah, he was good. Nice clean sheet for Everton. And Spent away. last year on loan at um my club PSV. Yeah, the year. Ooh. And f- funnily enough, for Jared Braithwaite, when me and my dad went to Luton, went to Everton Luton a couple of weeks ago, mm. the Everton fan sat next to us, tapped my dad on the shoulder, and went, "See him." Captain in five years. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? What was, was your dad like slating him? Or something? No, he just, uh, he just. We think it was just literally about to kick off, and he was like, "See him, <laughs> England captain five Policy. years." He's good, but maybe not that good. And our second defender, Ethan Pinnock. I mean, we've gone the whole episode about t- yeah, t- talking about Brentford and Chelsea, but that just shows yeah. what happened this week. And <coughs> don't want to sound horrible, but it's not really a. Upset anymore, is it? They won no. their last three games. Have you seen Thomas Frank has won more games at Chelsea, uh, Sanford Bridge in the, this calendar year than any Chelsea manager yeah, has? Yeah, Lampard and Poch. Yeah, yeah they won. Well, th- I can't believe it. Yeah, three in a row. 4 1, 2 0, 2 0. Scored the goal. Well, he defended very, very well, first and foremost, in the first mm. half and second half. And then Brentford grew into the game and Mbembo's dinked the back post and he just bullied Cole out of the way. Yeah. Take that. I'll head it in. 1 0. Kept a clean sheet, one two nil away at the bridge. Fantastic, you're in the team. Yep, very good. Do you want to take the first midfielder? I'll get the yes. So one. my mate Brian Mbembu scored and got an assist in another in a win like we just p- touched on against Chelsea. Do you see his goal when the um, the breakaway happened? <laughs> the, the, goal, the goalkeeper comes up. Yeah, absolute clown. Um, 
Yeah, Mopay running through plays it, plays an open goal when Benboy scores, and I think he's just such a good player. I think he's really, really underrated, and he scored six, seven goals now this season, back-to-back goals again. And no, I was adamant he was getting in this team. And we'll move on to the <coughs> the vote this week. If you're yeah, not so the other midfielder, we put the vote up between McGinn, who got a goal uh, in Villa's three-one win at home. To Great goal as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and then. Also went for Sobozlai of Liverpool, two assists, I think, in mm. their 3-0 their win over Forest. And I'm looking now, as actually, like Tate said before, very, very close this vote. 54% in favour of Sobozlai. So oh, yeah. It was McGinn before we started. Yeah, it was. It was and then I just looked, it was 50-50, and then someone's obviously just changed their vote or picked another one, and Sobozlai gets in, two assists, yeah. New, new signing for Liverpool, I think he's, he started quite well there, and he looks like a bit of a player. Tom Hanks of lies in. Right. Do you want to take this away? <laughs> <laughs> you waiting all night for The striker. Oh, it's a tough choice, this. <laughs> Can I give you one man? Eddie Inketia. <laughs> First um, Premier League hat-trick. Three great goals. Won't go too much into it because I'm going to talk yeah. about him in a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, but no. he, did you hear that? I think it was on match day, but... The penalty, he um, if he'd have scored four, he'd only Omri and someone else have scored. Arsh having yeah. scored four goals for Arsenal. Mm. What a massive opportunity that would have been. Yeah. He's team player, like you said. <laughs> he had the captain's armband on, scoring hat tricks. Yeah, iconic. <laughs> it was only Sheffield United, though, wasn't it? You only, you only score against who you're playing uh, against. <laughs> no, yeah, he was. The, the third goal was yeah, outrageous. lovely, lovely stuff. Right, prediction time. Is it mm. my yeah, turn this yeah, week, I think. Your turn to pick. Sunderland Norwich last week. Mm. If I could get my phone out of my pocket, that would help. Sunderland right. Won, didn't they? Like Let's have a look. Yeah. Let's have a look. Sunderland won two one. Yeah. Two one or three one. Two one. I I said three. no. They won three uh, one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Three one. You said two one. I said yeah. two two, and it was three one. Saturday. 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 Let's have a look. Oh, here we go. We're going to return to the Bundesliga, mm. and it's the Bundesliga's El Clasico, whatever that is in German. I don't want to attempt that. Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich, five thirty kickoff. Mm. I'm gonna go three two Bayern Munich. You're gonna go three two Bayern. They lost at the weekend, Dortmund. Bayern okay. certainly didn't lose. No. <laughs> Harry Kane only scores penalties. <laughs> and conversions. <laughs> or from the halfway line. That was like a NFL... It was like a go- I, I can... Confer- I can it might sound a bit cringe, but that was basically like a golf shot, wasn't it? <laughs> that was literally a yeah, pitching wedge, yeah, just straight. Not like anything like my pitching wedges, but yeah. Harry Kane, joke. <clears throat> I'll go for 1-2 Bayern. They'll win 2 1. Nice. Winner of the week. Do you carry on yours? or? So, my winner of the week <laughs> is Edward Kedia in Kedia. It could only be one man. Um, scoring a hat trick, first Premier League hat trick, like I mentioned, second Arsenal hat trick, though. Um, oh, what, what, l- I'm lost for words, mate. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm so, I was so happy for that. I'm so happy. For, I want to call him a kid. He's like 20, he's 24. <laughs> uh, lovely first goal. Rubbish defending by mine, but lovely touch into the past the goalkeeper. Second one, keeper spills it. And that's what he's good at. Keeper spills it. The old classic fox in the box. Bang. And then the third goal, icing on the cake. He doesn't take that shot. I've never seen him. I think I've never seen him take a shot out of the box against. He's never scored out of the box before, mm. and gets the ball from Smith Rowe. Takes a touch and thinks, looks at that corner. Have a bit of that. <laughs> puts it there. Runs the crowd. Oh, lovely. Just a nice moment for one of your own. <laughs> <laughs> one of your own to take the match ball home. Uh, yeah, very good hat trick. Can't argue with that. Uh, my win of the week is actually I mentioned him before as a loser of the week, and I've probably mentioned it a few times but Steve Lee my mate Steve Lee he um over the weekend he ran the Indianapolis marathon in three hours and 45 minutes uh 55 minutes sorry he's out in America for a couple of months and has managed to squeeze in a marathon whilst out there I spoke to him and sort of paraphrasing what he said but he said if some ginger can give it beans through Africa for 200 days then I can run around here for 26 miles so yeah congratulations Steve um he said he had talking oil on as well so I'm mm. sure that really picked up the pace <laughs> when, we were, when we were having it in his ear but yeah well done mate um, and yeah I think you need to get home quick because Camry Town are missing their captain leader and legend <laughs> brilliant he's the second person to run a marathon and listen to talk law. my brother did the yeah, same <laughs> quite a theme <laughs> <coughs> excuse me so my loser of the week this week is Ajax Football Club Oops. I'm here sat wearing my PSV yeah, jersey yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Ajax dropped to the bottom of the Eredivisie table this weekend after they lost 5-2 to rivals PSV. Having lost their five, their last five Eredivisie games for the first time ever in the history, Ajax are bottom of the league with five points. On Monday, they just sacked their manager before they lost 2-0 to Brighton in the Europa League on Thursday. And in stark contrast to rivals PSV, who are top of the league with 30 points from 10 games, winning all 10. Oh, Ajax are having... A stinker. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, I was uh, yeah, didn't know who you'd pick this week, but my loser of the week. I was wondering if you're gonna pick my same as me, but I've gone for Wayne Rooney. He um he's lost his third game in charge of Birmingham City away at Southampton. They played Borough uh, away, yeah, Borough away. They lost Hull at home. They lost, of course, they lost up the Tigers, um, and Southampton. <laughs> of so they lost. <laughs> he yeah, so yeah, first three games all lost got a terrible reception and reaction following the home game against Hull um, and then obviously lost again at the weekend to, be to become Birmingham's first manager to lose their first three in charge um, and yeah they've, their change of owners they've gone for a different approach to sort of bring in the big names and the star studded names and the rest of it but yeah losing a week Wayne Rooney losing three in a row as Birmingham manager and his wife's uh, documentary just come out on Disney Plus so <laughs> <laughs> plug <laughs> Right, Eddie Nketiah scored the 374th Premier League hat-trick on Saturday versus Sheffield United. But who scored the first? Oh, I'm going to probably embarrass myself here. Shearer? No, a good guess though. Not a terrible guess. I'll have one more guess because I just I wouldn't know. Um, <coughs> hey, let me have one more guess and then you give me. A give me I'll give you a clue. Yeah. Um, Shearer, no. 
here, right? No. Um, the clue I'm going to give you is he played for Manchester United, but didn't score Hadrick there. Manchester United. Dwight York? No. Was it his mate, Andy Cole? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to keep on. Eric Cantona. Oh, okay. Right. Scored, ironically, we played for Leeds, didn't he? That's what they signed him from. Yeah. Leeds versus Tottenham in a 5 0 win on the 25th of August, 1992. Oh, yeah. I'd be all right. Never get that. <laughs> Good, uh, good question. Good I didn't realise there was that many hat tricks in the Premier League. I was scrolling no. down for a while. I was just trying to find like an easy number, and mm. there was like oh, there's loads. <laughs> yeah, no, good. Because we had, a, I know we had a question, we had a teaser last year. Who you got the most? I think it was Aguero. Mm. I yeah, think. Yeah, probably. And <coughs> yeah, that was that was it. Right, we'll be back. Again on a, we'll be back on Sunday, yeah. won't we? Because we're going yeah. Spurs. Yeah, Monday night next week, and you're going Arsenal Wednesday. When yeah, West going West Ham, Ham Arsenal, Arsenal Wednesday. I am looking forward to win, or do you obviously do you want to obviously you want to win, but no, I want to win because yeah. it annoys me that we haven't won that competition in my lifetime. Mm. It really irritates me that. Um, I don't know. It'll be tough. It'll be tougher than the Brentford game because I think West Ham will pick a stronger team. Mm. I'm picturing Ramsdale. Sinchenko, Kivior, Gabriel, White, Jorginho will play. Cedric? Vieira. <laughs> he could play, shouldn't he? Surely? So. Um, he could. He could. I, he shouldn't. He could. He'd probably be on the bench. Um, Vieira, Smithrow, Havertz, Trossard, mm. Eddie, ha- uh, and Nelson. I think that'll be our team. Which is still a pretty decent team. Yeah, he should. But West Ham, I don't know. There slightly, but like I said, if, if because Alvarez and Paqueta mm. are suspended for they the week, they might play, and yeah, you never know. Mm. You never know. It'll be interesting, though. But yeah, we're back on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, same again. Sunday. Nice, nice weekend of football. Well, week, uh, week of football ahead of us. Mm. No, it's good to be back. Right. Thank you again all for listening, and stay loyal. Stay loyal. Oh,